0: It's February, the month of love. Dan Seaborn, thanking you so much for being such a critical part of Winning at Home, helping us do what we do. I have been traveling and speaking and continuing to seek to honor the Lord in all that we can do here at Winning at Home, and I thank you for your partnership with us. Last month, I shared with you about Jesus being the way, and this month, I'm going to give you the second half of that. We're going to continue that thought, and I trust and pray as you listen to this It will be an encouragement to you and to your family. And we do this just to let you know uh, what our foundation is and where we stand. And so I pray the Lord will minister to you as you listen to this message that I shared. Do you know the way? Jesus speaking and talking to us as he was sharing in the upper room, as he was talking to his disciples just before he gave his life for us. Um, and, And to set it up, I want to tell you something that happened in my family because quite often I think in a message, this thing happens. I have a grandson named Jackson. He's seven now, and he's a lot like my oldest son. My oldest is Alan, but when he was a little boy, uh, Alan was my just local terror at the house. He always looked to cause trouble, etc. as just who Alan was, and so Jackson, my grandson, I tell him he has some of those traits, and recently he was giving his mom a hard time, so I thought I'd just kind of step in and help, you know, as Papa and and me and him have a lot of fun together. So we were FaceTiming. I was on my phone, and he was on a little iPad he had at his house, and we were talking back and forth. And I said, hey, Jackson, you know, I just wanted to call and talk to you for a little while. He lives over in the Grand Rapids area. And and I was relating to him. I I was talking about Pokemon cards, some new ones I got. You know, I try to stay in touch with him. And so we're laughing and talking about that. And then I turned the corner, and I said, hey, J-Man, I need to talk to you about your, just your behavior and what you've been doing at home and, and maybe respecting your mom and dad and all these kind of things. And so he is listening to me. Uh, he quit talking to me. He's listening to me, and he's shaking his head. I mean, as I would talk, he was just mm, 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 doing that kind of I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is really connecting. And my daughter walked in the room a few minutes later, and she grabbed the iPad, and she said she got it working again. And she goes, Dad, how long have you been talking? I said, well, quite a while. She said, well, just so you know, he had you muted the whole time. He wasn't listening to anything you're saying. He had the mute button on. And I thought how true that is of us as people. Even in a service this morning, there comes that moment where there's a part of you just, uh, I don't know. I I went through earlier, and I prayed through the facility, and I was sitting somewhere over there, and I was thinking, because I quite often attend here sometimes when I'm not preaching. I'll come in, sit in the back, and there are moments that there's an engaging thought, but I know that if I engage with that thought, I got to change I've got to take a new step of action and not live the way I've been living. And there's this thing we do as humans, kind of, we don't do it to God in service, but we're kind of like, la, 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 la. We just kind of check out. And I'm going to ask you to not disengage this morning. If the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you today, don't hit the mute button. Just listen. Because when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and I told you last week, We kind of, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, but he's in the room with us. Can't see him, can't touch him, can't feel him, but he's here. And when he speaks to your spirit, realize he has your best interest in mind. God has your best interest in mind. He's not out to hurt you, he's out to help you. So I want to continue in this verse, John 14, 6. It's coming up on the screen. It says, Jesus' words, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The picture that's coming up is an old school picture because I wanted you to see a little picture of Israel today. This room that Jesus said that in exists. It's there. What I'm telling you today is not some made up story. We have historical proof of what I'm talking about. And I want to take you into that room for a second, because it wasn't a comfortable setting. When we see the picture, in fact, some of you probably have it at your house that last supper picture. You know, they're all gathered around, sitting in their chairs, a couple of them leaning back, Jesus leaning forward, maybe the bread and has the drink there, and, and he's holding it out. That's the picture we have. I want you to be more realistic about what that room was really like. Y'all ever gathered with 12, 13 of your friends? That's what it was like. They were just in a room, somewhat probably looked like that. If you Google up uh, the, the Last Supper room, it's been made over, but it's still there. If you go on a tour to Jerusalem, you can see the room this happened in. And there was tension in that room. Jesus knows what's about to happen. In a few hours, he's gonna be crucified. And he's talking with his disciples. Listen to what happens. Peter, at one point, speaks to him. He, he reprimands Peter right in front of everybody. He reprimands Peter. That's not comfortable. You ever been in a room where someone's straight up getting reprimanded right in front of you? Everybody else is kind of like, okay, okay. That's what it would have felt like. And then Jesus says, One of you is about to betray me. Are you kidding me? There's only 12 of us sitting in the room. And Jesus says this. And he says, one of you. And they're looking around like, who's it going to be? And they're like, well, Jesus, which one? And Jesus says, the one I'm about to hand this to. And then he hands it to Judas. Can you imagine being Judas? That's not cool. I was thinking about that. What if this morning I said to you, hey, um. I, I know this afternoon, somebody's going to try to take my life. And you go, whoo. And I walk down and say, the one I'm about to touch. And I touch Kevin. You guys are going to be like, whoa, that's kind of freaky. I thought he was the lead pastor. I mean, that's just the way it would happen. And there's tension in that room. Jesus knows that. He knows that they're fretted. They're scared. They're worked up. Inside, they're like, well, we want to follow you. And Jesus is like, no, not now. And then he says, Hey, to give you a little peace, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That little phrase has changed humanity. It's why us preachers preach, because we know Jesus is the way. Talked about it last week, and this week I move into Jesus is the truth. Have y'all found it harder these days to find the truth? I see people sometimes post on Facebook things like, this is the truth, and then they make some political statement. That's hard on me. Because I want to go, can you not? To me, that's going down in the muck of this world. The, the truth is up here, it's Jesus. You have a series coming in the next couple of weeks that I'm so proud of the team here that's gonna deal with this issue and talk to us about how to be Christ like and how to be godly and how to be biblical in a political time. I don't know if y'all realize this, but Jesus never lowered his standard to get involved in politics. Because remember his words, my kingdom is not of this world. So to the, the teaching I'm gonna share with you today is not of this world. It's a whole new level. And for me, right now, to be able to say to you this morning, I'm going to tell you the truth is a wonderful thing to be able to say. <laughs> there, there's a couple of words that have happened in 2020 that did not happen before 2020, and they're words like uh, social distancing. I didn't know what that was two years ago. If you walked up to me and said, hey, you're not social distancing, I would have been like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now It's common. Another one, I've been hearing a lot. Two more words I've been hearing all the time. Fact check. Everything's getting fact checked. I tell you, I welcome today you going and fact checking the three facts that I'm gonna share with you this morning. You will discover them to always be truth. Always. At the end of this message, I'm gonna talk to you about the one sure thing that you'll always know is truth. And so let's work, work our way toward it. Here are, Jesus said, I am the truth. And I thought to myself, what does he mean by that? When Jesus said to his disciples, I am the truth, well, what, what do you explain that? What do you mean? He is, he did throughout these verses in John 13, 14, 15. Jesus was saying, fact number one, I want you to get this, that heaven is real. There is a heaven. Do you really believe that this morning? This earth is not the end. Jesus looked at his disciples, and he said a couple of things to them. He said, hey, guys, I'm about to leave, and you can't go with me right now. Listen to these words in John chapter 13. Where I go, you cannot follow me, but you can follow me later. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be resurrected, I'm going to heaven but y'all can't go with me yet. Your day will come and you can come be there. Then he says, and you've heard this probably at a funeral service, verse 14, in my father's house are many rooms. The Greek word there, Kevin and I were talking about it last night he reminded me, the Greek word there is the word home. You're going home. This world is not your final resting place. And this is the truth. You say, how do you know that for a fact? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to trust Jesus. This man, whose whose words I'm reading to you right now, who really was in that room, who really sat with his disciples, and we have historical proof of it, this man left that room, and everything he said happened. He He was killed, and then he was resurrected. Listen, if somebody is willing to do that for me, If somebody's willing to give their life for me, a lot of us would say it. Jesus actually did it. If he's willing to do that, I will trust the words out of his mouth are truth. And Jesus said, hey Seaborn and all you people who are sitting at Ridgepoint this morning, I have gone to prepare a place for you and if I go, I'll come again and receive you. I trust that. I believe it is absolute, undeniable truth Many people, if I said that right now on a major news network, I would be laughed at, scoffed
1: at, and I would say to you, faith makes me believe it. Psalm 89, 14. I want to tell you what that verse says, too.
0: The Bible says, in Psalm eighty-nine, fourteen, that the foundation of heaven is righteousness and justice. I don't know about y'all, but that's a place I want to go. Jesus said in this same passage, I did not leave you as the world leaves you. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you righteousness and justice. Watch this. He's kind of saying, if you read that verse this way, the opposite of what I bring you is what the world brings you. So if Jesus brings righteousness and justice, guess what the world brings? Unrighteousness and injustice the very thing we're dealing with in our society in 2020. I find that amazing. So for me today, I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my trust, I'm putting all my, rolling all my dice on the fact that Jesus is truthful. And today, you can count on the fact that heaven is real. You can't touch it. You can't see it right now, can't feel it. I I said last night, growing up, oh man, growing up, the preachers always said, man, I can't get to heaven. Continuous choir singing. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but that doesn't sound like heaven to me. I mean, I don't mind a good choir every now and then, but all the time, mm -mm -mm -mm, I got to have a little rap music in there somewhere. So I'm trusting that what that means is that heaven's going to be some wonderful place where whatever you imagine is the most amazing thing is beyond that. And see, that doesn't seem real to us because we're like, yeah, I've been told that before and it doesn't work out. Jesus said it. He said, I am the truth. And if he's truth, what he was saying to all of us is there's a place that you're living for that's not on this earth. So yesterday, I was talking to a person who walked up to me, crying, feeling hopeless. Dan, I can't take this world anymore. Yesterday, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I looked right at the person, and I said, do you believe heaven is real? And there was a look on their face like,
1: I think so. And I said, whatever you're going through on this earth right now, it's for
0: about max 80 years. Post that, eternity, you can handle whatever happens in this 80 years for the reality of heaven. Keep that perspective. When we get over there, we're going to look back and go, blip
1: on the radar. You're you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And I challenge you today to not let this world
0: make you wonder if heaven's real. It is, because Jesus said it. A second fact that comes from what Jesus taught there to his disciples that day is that Jesus connects us in ways nothing else does. You know, when when I'm watching Kathy on stage, and I know I sit out there, okay, when I'm watching Kevin and Kathy talk about rooted, and she says I could talk all day about it. I know Kathy personally, I've talked to her, she's an energetic, wonderful lady. And she really has experienced this connection that is not man-made. So when she's talking to you about it, she's just saying, I want you to know there's a spiritual connection that can come from rooted that will take you to new levels. She spoke of a lady, I believe her name was Sarah, who came to know the Lord through it. When you have that transforming change inside you where you realize something at a new level and you sense something at a new level of connection, it's just unexplainable. So she could stand up here and do twirls and flips and backflips and it won't do what this can do inside for you. And I'm just inviting you to say, try it.
1: In this isolated period, do you feel disconnected? Try something. I thought about this point a lot, as I sit on this little
0: stool that I have in my office, and I was thinking about people from my past, and I have some pictures on my little chef. I have what's called a heritage chef in my office, and and, and, it is just my life. It's things of my life, things I've experienced. I have it there just to not forget those things, and on that shelf are several pictures, and
1: one is my grandfather. I grew up in a a hard way, and that man, he taught me about Jesus
0: the way he lived. He He made me want to know about Jesus. I have a connection with my grandfather that I can't explain right now. He's gone on. He's in heaven. Hebrews 12, I believe he's looking down upon us. When I throw that out, if you don't know Hebrews 11 and 12, go read it. It's all the saints of old and how they're watching over us, I believe, today, based on that passage. But I have a connection with my grandfather through Jesus. I can't explain that. But I get this fact, number two, that Jesus connects us in ways. That, that's why he said to his disciples, I'm about to leave. I will ask the father, remember he said it last week, and he will leave the advocate the Holy Spirit, you will be connected to me in ways that are unexplainable. This is just a fact. My uncle, J.L., never believed in God, never walked with Jesus. I liked him too. My grandpa and my uncle were, in my family, two of my favorites. They were My uncle, J.L., had a motorcycle. He would put me on his motorcycle. We'd go for rides. We would laugh. I don't feel connected to him at all. I loved him, but he died in his 50s. Didn't know Jesus. I remember awkward funeral. I just don't ever, I don't have any connection with him. And I think it's because he wasn't, he did not have the spirit of the Lord in his life. There's just a breach there. There's a, there's a disconnect there. there. There's just something there. When I think of my Uncle JL and I go, oh, it falls short. My grandfather, there's a connection. And I believe it's because the Spirit of the Lord connects us. It's not a diss to my uncle. It's just reality. And it makes sense because that's what Jesus said. If you're connected to me, you will have a spiritual connection that is unexplainable to the world. It's why when I say a phrase, not foolishly, I'm not trying to be foolish like I said to you last week. I don't want to pass away. I want to live on this earth as long as I can. But if something happens and I pass away, ladies and gentlemen, I'm okay. Why? Because I'm connected to the Spirit of Jesus. My world does not end there. It moves into eternity with him. That's a wonderful thing. And it's a fact according to what Jesus
1: said. Today... You don't have to live wondering. You can know.
0: Jesus connects us in spirit. The second thing he connects us in, I believe, is in understanding. I turned 60 in in a few days. And I hope and pray that as I age and have aged, that there's more of this in me. If Jesus had one thing that I regret I didn't really grab onto in my 20s and 30s when I was walking with him. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I knew everything. Now I just know a lot.
1: And I didn't have a lot of understanding for people. Having gone through some of the things I've gone through in my life in the last 20 years, I'm way more understanding. I'm way more understanding when a parent has a wayward child.
0: I'm way more understanding when somebody has a life crash. Used to, when somebody would crash in their life, I'd say to them, hmm, wonder what they were dealing with. I didn't tell it. Now I go, hey, come here. First of all, let me start with a hug. You know why? Because when I watch Jesus, can I tell you one of the things that as I read the gospel over and over and over, he just understood
1: people. And who do you understand the most? The hurting. You know, I uh
0: there, there's a couple sitting here in the front. I won't call their name because they wouldn't want that, but I've watched them befriend a young lady in the last couple of weeks. I met that young lady on Wednesday night. And, and I've seen in them, I, I told somebody about them this week, they have one of the most understanding, caring they they care about people. See, most Christians are really good at judging those who struggle that's why a lot of people don't want to come to church because they feel it's just a place of judgmentalism Jesus was a man of understanding he would sit with the woman in the well and go tell now he knew the story he had a little bit of an up on her I get that but he's sitting there going oh man well what else about your life well what else are you dealing with How often has it been that you just
1: sit with somebody and instead of wanting to tell them everything, you just listen? I have
0: understanding in an area of my heart right now, and I'm going to put it out there, and it might get me in a little bit of trouble. It's okay. Um, The social unrest in our society, I've, I've just got a really good ear to listen to that because I grew up in a really, really racist area. I saw things that were ridiculous. And even as a young boy, I don't know why, maybe it's because my children are very big in, in this and work hard to reconcile and bring racial peace. And I think maybe the Lord was raising them up from partly what I dealt with. And I've just always had a willingness to listen to that issue. I watch people sometimes. I watch their reaction. I want to go, you, 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 might have, you, you might have 5% of truth in what you're saying. You might have 50% of truth in what you're saying. But what about the rest of you? What about just listening for a second?
1: Because when you listen,
0: you understand. Well, nobody can think that way. Mm, mm. I have a son who lives in Camden, New Jersey, in one of the most poverty-stricken areas of our nation. When I go there and I walk out on the basketball court that's near his house that he won't let me go to at night and I love basketball, I walk out to those courts
1: and I see kids there that are five and six and ten and my heart breaks for them and I try to understand
0: what it would mean to bring Jesus to them. And I just ask you to consider, listen, I live two miles from here. I live in a real plush home. And I've got good food on my table as soon as I get done preaching today. And I got friends who love me. And I got neighbors who let me fly my remote control plane into their houses. And I got people around me that love me.
1: I'm a blessed man. You are too. Don't you forget that you need to understand the whole world
0: and what somebody else might be going through and might be facing.
1: And this fact is that Jesus connects us to that world.
0: Don't miss that. Don't right now be writing an email to me or to Kevin and say, but what about... Stop wanting to prove your side. You might be dead right just for a second. All I'm asking you to do is just like Jesus, just
1: understand. Because then we're connected in hope.
0: When I play basketball with a little 10 year old in Camden, New Jersey,
1: I want him to see some hope. That's Jesus, that's the difference.
0: And the answer is not, sorry, forgive me if you don't like this. The answer is not politics. The answer is Jesus. And I'm a preacher. I'm going to say that till I die because it's a fact. And us sitting in this room today, probably every one of us in here has at least heard the name Jesus. If you haven't, I'm so glad you're here this morning. You've come to a church that just straight up wants you to know he loves you. And there's hope in that. Do not let this season we're going through diminish your hope. Let it increase your hope. This is an opportunity to seize on and to realize COVID's given us a chance to connect in spirit. Let's not miss it. Get involved. Do something different. Take a new path
1: and see what the Lord can do in your life. This is such a simple message. It's so simple, but it's profound if we get it.
0: Jesus, third, the truth fact that I want you to see, Christ is the one sure thing in life you can count on. I, I, I want you to take a moment and think about all the Sure things that you might have thought at some point in your life you could really count on. I said, I said in my office and I started listing them off. I'm just going to say some of them and they're going to connect with one way or another with all of us in this room. Some of you, at one point, you got married and you said, Wow, this,
1: my spouse, this is a sure thing. And it didn't work out that way.
0: My job, I can. I can tell I'm gonna have to get a new one. It's not a sure thing. I'll tell you what'll never let me down,
1: my pastor. They fail. People fail. I know what the educational
0: system that hmm. man, that got cut out. Dan, you don't you don't understand. I do have peace and security in my finances. <laughs> Uh, I can introduce you to some people that
1: lost all that. The one sure thing that you can count on
0: is Jesus. In fact, I'll give you this afternoon to go figure out another sure thing. I'll receive that email, dcborn at home.com. If you've got a sure thing other than Jesus that you say, I can bank on that, I want to know it because then I'm wrong as a preacher.
1: But I don't think you'll find it. Jesus. And that's why he said to his disciples, they
0: were anxious, they were fearful, they were worried, they had anxiety. And he said to them, guys, you're just gonna have to trust me on this because I'm telling you the truth. Go spread it throughout the world. I am the way, I am the truth, and therefore you have life. Jesus is life. I'm getting more sure of that. My sermons are getting more focused on the one sure thing. I don't know how many sermons I got left, so you're going to be here in the name of Jesus when I preach. And I want to tell you today, you can count on him. He won't let you down. He is the truth. Think on that, contemplate on that as you listen to this song that reminds us He is truth. Can I remind you as you conclude this listening time with me that the Lord God is good. Jesus is the way through wherever and whatever and why ever and whenever you face stuff. Just remember He's always there. And I hope that's what you find and feel as you listen to this message. Thank you again for your partnership with us. Things have been different, obviously, because of all the things that are going on in our world. But I commit to you that we will continue to do our best to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for your faithful partnership with us. Let me know if there's anything we can do for you. And may God be with you and your family through this month.